Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. I have um, a lot of people writing in with questions, which is great, and I just had some new subscribers, so maybe it works to say it at the beginning. If you're getting something out of this podcast, please subscribe so that you can hear all the bonus episodes, and the one after this, I'm going to make a bonus episode. All right, so today I'm going to talk about... um, when women are married to guys with ADHD. So this is pretty common because I don't know if, I mean, you're probably listening to this, wondering if your husband has ADHD or maybe you're an ADHD husband yourself. But um, when people have kids with ADHD, which is interestingly when they frequently find out that they themselves have ADHD because it's highly genetic. So a lot of people will go get tested Uh, They'll get their kids tested and evaluated for school purposes because the school is telling them the kid is inattentive or hyperactive or both. And then when they're filling out the questionnaire, they'll either be like, oh my God, this is like me or, oh my God, this is like my husband. So when you find out or you start to think that your husband may have ADHD, it's already frequently too late for your uh, relationship to be at its best because for years you have already been dealing with a lot of things that people do not think relate to ADHD, which I'm going to explore, but you can also go to the links that I give you in my uh, description because one of them is a book, The ADHD Effect on Marriage, that people swear by. It's a very good book. And uh, she also, the author Melissa Orlov, also explains a lot about what ADHD looks like that people really don't know that it looks like. And then there's links from Dr. Psych Mom about people who've written in with this problem. And also a link to uh, what I'll get to later, which is that if you don't try meds to fix this, then you can't say you're trying everything for your marriage. A lot of guys are really against meds. They think this is just their personality and they're going to change in some bad way. Usually they change in a pretty good way. So we'll get to that soon, but that's just uh, to tell you about other resources. So what does ADHD look like that people really don't think it looks like? Well, it can really manifest as oppositionality because uh, the ADHD brain, it can't be bored. Like it finds boredom very, very understimulating um, to the point of like pain and aversion. This is why tasks like managing the finances are not good for people with ADHD. And they can't really become accountants or, or admins or something like that because it's really very hard for them to do things that are boring. Their brain are wired such that when other people get anxious because there's too much going on, that's when the ADHD person thrives. So if you're an anxious woman married to a guy with ADHD, which is a very common pairing, by the time you already feel anxious and out of control, he is just hitting his stride. So this is why uh, he can focus on like video games, but he can't focus on a discussion about the relationship. A discussion about the relationship is so boring that it's like for you, um, like listen, to, um, you know, a a show on, you know, I don't know, something that you find really boring, history, uh, the Peloponnesian War, you know, he is so bored by things that are just average that it's the equivalent of how bored you are by like having to memorize a random number list for like three hours. But something with a lot of excitement and that releases a lot of dopamine, like video gaming 
or like working at an ER or having your own business, common occupations I see for guys with ADHD, when other people are overwhelmed by stress, that is when they hit their stride. Their adrenaline is pumping and they need that adrenaline if they're not unmedicated. So a lot of guys with ADHD will use soda, will use coffee, and may have in fact used Adderall and Ritalin during college to study or to clean or whatever they had to do and finally felt like they were normal when doing that. Whereas when somebody that's more normal takes Adderall or Ritalin, they feel like, whoa, I could stay up for like 24 hours. Somebody with ADHD feels like, oh, I'm focusing. You know, huh, this is what focusing is. Anyway, so that oppositionality that I'm trying to discuss This is because people with ADHD, their brains are so bored most of the time that they create drama subconsciously in order to activate their brain and get moving. So they may not in their deep soul want to have a dramatic conflictual relationship, but it's like they can't even pay attention unless there's some kind of little like fighting or debating or bickering or what you would think of as just oppositionality going on. Now, they're also oppositional because they don't, they feel like can't and do not want to do that boring stuff and you don't understand how aversive it is for them. So they will go against you if you ask them to do some boring chore and instead try to do some other big thing. Instead, you think that they're just being oppositional, but they're literally saying my brain cannot do that. And they don't know why their brain can't do it. They don't know themselves. So, you know, they they don't know how to tell you besides just to be obstructive and say no or to be passive aggressive and just not do it. So this inability of the ADHD brain to tolerate boredom, which, you know, the average household is pretty boring. You do routines. Once there's kids, there's a lot of routine. There's a lot of doing the same thing over and over. And that's why ADHD guys can really turn into just the fun dad that swoops in, takes everybody tubing or something, but can't do bedtime routine. And this makes their wives very upset because they don't really understand the ADHD brain and the guy can't really explain it either. That he only feels awake and alive and able to function when there is stimulation going on. So what medication does is it makes the brain stimulated. It's like uh, moves the set point. There's always stimulation going on from the medication. So therefore, the guy can now focus on what's boring. This is why ADHD meds can be really transformative for marriages. Now, for people that say there's downsides, there's downsides to everything. Certainly with ADHD meds, it's a stimulant. It's like methamphetamine, you know? I mean, it's you're going to need more and more over time. But some people, they don't need that much more over time. And they can take like little breaks from it over weekends and stuff and they can they can get to some level of taking the medication that means that they're able to function a hell of a lot better at home and at work unless work is just a fire drill all the time and they're running from thing to thing that is basically about to explode, their guys with ADHD are also going to see their work performance impeded because they can't focus. They, they can do like the crazy thing that they need to do, the big sales pitch, but then writing it up afterwards and presenting it like to somebody you know else where it's not such an exciting, stimulating, do or die format, that's when they are going to struggle. So even if your husband with ADHD doesn't tell you about work troubles, believe me, if he's oppositional with you, he's going to be the same way at work. He's just not telling you. I have so many women say, but he's so good at work. Why can't he be good at home? And then I talk to the guy. I'm like, 
Are you on time to all your meetings? No. Do you have emails you don't respond to? Yes. They just don't say this because this is a big um, point that I'm leading up to here. Guys with ADHD are embarrassed and ashamed. They have... If, if they've always been underachieving. Everybody's always been telling them they're not living up to their potential because they're smart, but yet they can't do anything. They could never do their homework. They're always losing their stuff. They were talking, they're fucking around at school, you know, and they don't know why because most of the time they weren't diagnosed. So kids now that get diagnosed early, they're ahead of the game, but nobody used to get diagnosed so early. So these were smart guys and they just didn't know why they just couldn't memorize the shit that they were supposed to do or why they could never study. And later on, some of these people will learn to cram and cramming actually is a really good strategy for somebody with ADHD because the knowing that the test is the next morning releases a lot of adrenaline. That adrenaline is finally what helps them focus. So Their whole lives, they've been underachieving. So then when you say something about how you're disappointed in them for whatever, it's just yet another entry into like all of the ways that they've been disappointing everybody. And they're going to turn off to that and not want to hear it because it's embarrassing and upsetting. And they just don't even know why they just keep disappointing everybody. They just know that they do. So sometimes an ADHD diagnosis can be very clarifying and validating for a man who has been struggling with this for his whole life. Now, of course, ADHD is in women also. That's just not what I'm talking about here. But um, women with ADHD are less common and they need to be more severe to be diagnosed because they're usually not going to be running around at the same level as like a boy with ADHD is. There's just gender differences in how physical it gets like that. Um, so they won't have gotten into as much trouble while they'll be like, you know, inattentive and, and kind of wandering around or fidgeting if they're hyperactive, they won't be like throwing rocks through a window, you know, (laughs) like, like they won't be doing like random crazy shit for like a kick the same way that boys will with ADHD. Now, ADHD is also, because of all of these reasons that it affects school performance, it's also linked with oppositional defiant disorder and then later conduct disorder because you kind of get on like a bad path. You're not doing well at school. You know, everybody seems like an asshole because they all seem to be against you, you know, because you're not doing well at school and nobody understands why and they think that you are just not trying. Meanwhile, you are trying, but you just can't think straight. You're kind of foggy because of the ADHD that nobody knows about and then you just start to have like a real chip on your shoulder and some guys that are like in their 40s and older especially that had no idea what ADHD was when they were in school they had experiences like this where they just felt the world was out to get them there was no way to achieve at school so then they went in down alternate paths you know whether that was like early antisocial criminal type of activity or just cheating on stuff or just repudiating school altogether and truancy. You know, there's all sorts of paths here. Substance abuse is linked to ADHD highly because you, you, they are sensation seekers. So ADHD people need a lot of stimulation. What provides more stimulation than drugs, right? And alcohol. And this goes a lot with um, depression as well and anxiety for reasons that I've said. Depression because they just don't ever know why they're not really achieving well. Anxiety because they are always like fucking shit up. You know, they're always late. They're always missing something. They're always disappointing somebody. So they start to think that's always kind of how it's going to be and they can't get a handle on it. 
So, and also, of course, there's brain imaging studies that show that the frontal lobe and the executive functioning area is just different in people with ADHD, you know, than it is in people without. So these same brain areas can be implicated in other psychological disorders. And we don't know fully uh, everything there is to know about that, but brain imaging studies do show a definite difference with people with ADHD and people who don't have ADHD. So it's like real. It's not just some made up thing. Um, anyhow, so within marriage, you could see that all of the things that I'm saying really do not make somebody with ADHD a very reliable partner. And they're subconsciously drawn to women who are the opposite, who can keep their shit together. Who are these? These are really type A anxious kind of women who then can overcompensate for the ADHD guys' uh, deficiencies in the areas of organization and executive function. And early on, this may make a woman feel good to be the one who finally organizes things. We're going to get his finances on track and I'm going to fix up his resume and he's such a smart guy and why doesn't anybody see this except me? Or if the guy is higher functioning ADHD, she'll just say, oh yeah, he's real smart. He's fly by the seat of his pants. We're yin and yang. Well, yin and yang doesn't look so cute over time. So that, so over time is when I see people come in and they're like, why have I been doing all of the, basically been the brains and the CEO of this household forever and he just doesn't seem to care. It's not that he doesn't seem to care. It's that his brain doesn't function in these routine and these um, kind of organized ways. And so the guy with ADHD will say, why doesn't she want to be fun, spontaneous? Why aren't we having sex? She says, we're not having sex because I'm balancing every single thing in this family. And these are the women who truly are doing all of the emotional labor and everything else because the guy can bring home a paycheck, but then it's almost when he walks through the door of the house, he's just all over the place. He drops his clothes everywhere. He leaves shit out, leaves the fridge open. And so women take this personally if they have no idea what ADHD is. And they think that he might act different if she were different or if he prioritized her more. There is the hyper-focused courtship in ADHD where the woman is a novel stimulus. So she is what releases the dopamine and adrenaline. So these guys do act a lot different when they're dating. And it's not a bait and switch, just like it's not a bait and switch when women have a higher sex drive when dating than they do within monogamy, as I always discuss. It's literally that the woman is a novel stimulus which releases adrenaline and dopamine in a very different way for the man than she ever will again. She's never going to be new again. In fact, sometimes though it comes back, if she threatens to leave, then he gets a little hit of adrenaline and is like good again and Mr. Romantic. But then she thinks, oh, well, then what I have to do is threaten to leave. He's, it's only about drama. I can't just rely on him. And this is true because once he kind of gets bored, not bored in an insulting way that he's literally bored with who his wife is, but bored because it is routine and it isn't new anymore, then he cannot function at the same level. And then the woman thinks that he's just taking advantage, etc. And you can see how these interpretations are very toxic and lead to bad things, right? So 
if you're in an ADHD marriage, right, if, if your husband has ADHD, one of the best things to do is to get him a diagnosis and start him on meds. Even if he hates the meds and he says that there are side effects and whatever, he will definitely see that he can focus so much better on the meds that it really kind of validates that there was an actual issue that the diagnosis of ADHD is real. And then they got to do some research together or with the help of a couples counselor on what ADHD really is and all of these other things that I'm saying it is. It isn't just that like you lose your stuff and like you forget stuff and you, uh, you know, run around a lot like a hyperactive kid. It's not that. It's that you cannot focus on what is boring to the point that it feels physically painful and you, despite your best intentions, do not actually remember anything that isn't, you know, something that puts your hair on fire immediately because it's so climactic. So when people understand more of what ADHD looks like within marriage, then they can become the two of them on one side and the diagnosis of ADHD is on the other side, something for them both to understand and to try to work toward resolving. Not that this ADHD can be cured, but medication can help coaching can help literally only understanding that this is a problem is like probably over 50% of the battle in somebody who has not previously understood that this is what's going on. So if you are somebody who is in a relationship like this and who struggles with feeling that your husband is just lazy or he just won't prioritize your relationship or he's just acting like so difficult and oppositional and childlike, you really want to think about ADHD if there are really any other symptoms. You could Google the symptoms as well as I can. Just look up DSM criteria for ADHD. You're going to see some other stuff. And it's really really unusual for somebody with ADHD. Oh, and by the way, adult ADHD, this is a conflictual, uh, controversial diagnosis because most people think that you really have to have childhood ADHD in order to have adult ADHD, and it doesn't just come in adulthood. And, um, Usually that's true. It just hasn't been diagnosed in childhood because usually the person was too um, smart or too capable at like uh, working around it so that these symptoms really didn't get noticed or there was bigger fish to fry in the home. Sometimes even just a sibling with worse ADHD. So then the one with ADHD where they weren't failing out wasn't thought to have ADHD at all. You know, so if you think that like a partner uh, has adult ADHD, I mean, you could call it whatever you want, but it's like that they had childhood ADHD as well. Um, in my opinion, it's, it's pretty essential that they did to, for it to be thought of as ADHD now, unless there was some sort of um, massive, like a brain problem or like an injury or something later on. Usually they, those concord childhood ADHD, even if undiagnosed, predicts these same symptoms in adulthood. It can be exacerbated though, and what sometimes happens with adult ADHD is ADHD that was there gets exacerbated by something like depression or by um, anxiety or use of substances, and then it becomes more flagrant. So uh, hopefully this was helpful in um, allowing some women potentially to understand their husband's either diagnosed or undiagnosed ADHD better. Now, couples counseling can be very, very useful here in also repairing some of the ruptures in trust and respect that um, 
are frequently consequences of a marriage that has ADHD in a partner because over time, the non-ADHD partner has presented this narrative to themselves about that this guy just doesn't give a shit, he doesn't care, he's selfish and lazy, and there have also actually been many empathic ruptures where he's just forgotten to do something, or he has created some drama, albeit unintentionally, or whatever, and resolving empathic ruptures is really key if you want to have a loving marriage that continues because empathic ruptures, which again is when you want somebody to be there for you and they weren't, can is I talk about this in my Why Women Initiate Divorce podcast. Unresolved empathic ruptures, such as something like your husband has ADHD, so he told you that he would be on time to your kid's first birthday party, and then he was an hour late, and you thought what a huge asshole, and he didn't know why he did it, so he at the time blamed it on marriage problems because that's all he could think of because he doesn't even know why he was late. Things like this happen all the time and couples counseling can really help both the ADHD partner and the non-ADHD partner understand each other better. And as I said, the non-ADHD partner can frequently be somebody with their own issues of anxiety and being really rigid because this was the yin-yang thing where they were attracted to each other subconsciously because of their differences and how they could, you know, uh, pull each other out of their comfort zones. But then over time, this turns into something pretty bad, you know, where each person feels that the other one is way too extreme, the couple becomes polarized, and they're basically caricatured as she is this, like, rigid martinet, and he is this uh, complete man-child. And nobody deserves to live in a relationship like that where they are, where they feel maligned, mischaracterized, misrepresented. So hopefully this was helpful. Please like and rate and subscribe to my podcast. The next episode will be subscriber only. I'll make sure to make it pretty awesome as I usually try to do. And um, so you will really be missing out if you do not subscribe to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Thanks so much, guys. Talk soon.